0: there's definitely no, no competitiveness with us because I think we're, we're all quite different as well. So we all bring something different and we all understand that we all have our own little niche and you know we're not, we're not each other's competition. Having more of us be successful in the industry is only gonna grow the industry and kind of make the pie bigger for everybody.
1: Welcome to Beauty Island, the beauty podcast that celebrates life and lipstick. I'm your host, beauty journalist Brittany Stewart, and each episode I sit down with a guest to ask them about the eight beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them that they take to a desert island or beauty island that I am sending them off to. Before you go all survivor on me, this doesn't necessarily mean practical products. Rather, it's the beauty products they've come across throughout their lives that carry significant stories or memories for them. Maybe it's the product that reminds them of their mum, the perfume that instantly sparks a memory of a special place or person, or the beauty product that defined their teenage years. Along the way, we find out more about their life, career, and the people and events that have shaped them into who they are today. Apologies again for my nasally voice in this intro, I'm still battling a cough, cold and lost voice but I promise that in the interview which was done prior I am perfectly crisp and clear. And Today my guest is makeup artist and YouTuber Sharon Farrell. Starting on the benefit counter of her hometown in Ireland, Sharon started her YouTube channel in 2010, now she's had over 35 million video views. Has over a quarter of a million youtube subscribers and has just launched her very own online makeup school if you've ever felt overwhelmed or intimidated by the makeup on beauty youtube videos and the assumed knowledge that can often be made then you might be very interested to hear more about what it is and why she's done it in this episode sharon gives real insight into the world of working as a youtuber including the steady growth of success over almost a decade rather than as we keep coming back to an overnight success. Knowing her husband was the one from the first date, after dodging his calls for a few weeks, her post-baby crisis decision of cutting a fringe that I think we can all relate to, and the cheapo cleanser that stops all her breakouts. I hope you enjoy. Sharon, welcome to Beauty Island. Thank you so much for having me. I wonder can you remember what your first beauty memory was? Were you always interested in beauty as a child? Yes, I was
0: actually. So it's it's quite hard for me to narrow down what my first memory is. My mother actually never wore makeup, so not a day in her life, not even on her wedding day. So I think my first memories actually came from watching my aunts putting makeup on. We grew up in Dublin, but I moved to Clare, which is like in the the other side of the country essentially so we would have our aunts come and visit us for weekends every now and then and that would be my only time i would ever be exposed to makeup so whenever they would get ready in the bathroom i would beg them please, please 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 can i come in and just sit on the toilet and watch them put makeup on and it was just like the most fascinating amazing thing i'd ever seen i would have been about six or seven years old
1: there is a product that kind of reminds you of that time of your first beauty memory which is a bit of an iconic one mm. Can you tell me what it is? Is it the Oil, oil of Ulay? Yeah, I think it
0: was at the time, which is now, of course, Olay. But yeah, way back in the day, it was Oil of Ulay. That's actually really hard to say. I know. Maybe <laughs> that's why they changed the name. <laughs> the Beauty Fluid, so that the pink moisturizer. So that was pretty much the only beauty product that my mum used, and she used that as a moisturizer. I I don't I guess most people are familiar with it but it's got a very distinctive smell like a very strong kind of fragrance and every time I smell it because it hasn't changed it's still exactly the same every time I smell it it's just like wow that's I'm four years old again in my parents bedroom when I shouldn't be and I found the beauty fluid and I'm probably eating it to be honest (laughs) but yeah that's a yeah that's a really strong memory from very early on
1: And as you mentioned, you were born and grew up in Ireland. Mm -hmm. What was your childhood like? And then when did you come to Australia? So
0: I I had a wonderful childhood. We were, I, I wouldn't say we were very well off. We definitely come from humble beginnings. So my family are all from Dublin. And we moved to Clare, which is the other side of the country, very rural part of Ireland. When I was about seven, and it was actually part of a scheme they had in Ireland at the time called the Rural Resettlement Scheme, where they were trying to get young families out of Dublin and into the countryside. So we we were in quite a, a rough part of Dublin, and then we moved to like pretty much the complete opposite. Like we used to live in a, like a council estate. Um, you know, everybody's on top of each other, like a terraced row of houses. And then we moved to the countryside where it was literally like we didn't have neighbours for a mile in either direction, just fields everywhere. It was amazing. So very, very happy, wild, free childhood, (laughs) total tomboy. All I did was play outside climbing trees. And then we, well, I moved to Australia by my with my husband my then boyfriend at the time when I was how old how old am I now <laughs> it was seven years ago so I'm 32 now so yeah like mid-20s mid so but in the meantime I had moved out I moved out of my my parents home when I was 18 and I went to uni and then kind of moved around I lived in so many different cities in Ireland um, before moving out here so I feel like I don't even know where to call home anymore you know what I mean I'm just, I'm from all over the place. And I was just telling you I'm doing my Australian citizenship uh,
1: exam in a few weeks. So that's, yeah, very exciting. I was surprised at how emotional I got during that ceremony, actually talking about when you don't know where you kind of call home when you've got two places or multiple places as you have. So I'll be really interested to hear how it goes.
0: Yeah, I think I will be emotional, to be honest, because even now when I come back from visiting family in Ireland when I land back in Sydney and you have that big mural on the wall that says G'day, welcome home I actually do get emotional I'm like
1: I am home I've lost <laughs> count of how many times you know that quanta sad that has the really sad song mm. bull. yeah but yeah <laughs> <laughs> enough about me crying
0: <laughs> so what did you study at university so I did art not arts actual art and I dropped out. So I started, I did a I did a year in art college and I, I always knew I wanted to do makeup but the ways in which you could study makeup are quite limited in Ireland and they're all private colleges that you pay like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of euros to, to do and I just didn't have the resources to do that so I thought the next best thing would be to do art and I always very creative and interested in art but in my first year I actually I was working part-time at the benefit counter Uh, that was also my, my like in into the makeup industry and I had gone to work and parked my car like probably somewhere I shouldn't have parked it and my car was stolen with all of my coursework in the boot of the car like literally everything it was it was kind of coming up to the end of a term and we had to take everything home to to sort through it and sort through everything that we had done for the year. I think we may have been having a presentation or something. There was some reason that I had to take everything and literally it was all gone. Everything. Um, so I went into my tutor and he laughed and said, if I were you, I'd just give up. Which is like looking back it's on terrible. it now, like what the hell? <laughs> but to be honest, it was kind of, I think, like, I, I don't think I'm, I'm a very like the universe is trying to tell you something but I don't know sometimes I feel like the universe is trying to tell you something (laughs) and I kind of was having my doubts about whether or not it was the right thing for me to do like it was a huge investment time-wise to do this art degree and actually at the end of it I was like I don't know if I if this is going to help me get a job in the makeup industry so when that happened I was like you know what maybe this is the universe trying to tell me I'm not supposed to do this so I dropped out and ended up working at
1: Benefit full-time And yeah, that's that's how it all started, I suppose. And then where did you go from there? Because I think you've also worked at Mac and Napoleon Mm. Purtis as well, which has been in the news last week for unfortunate reasons. Very sad news. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I I started at Benefit and then I actually left benefit to do a business administration course now that I think about it that's such a weird tangent I went on and then I I moved in with my now husband then boyfriend so I changed um, cities I was living in Limerick and I moved to Galway where he was working and I got a job working on the cosmetics counter in a pharmacy so there I was working for Clarence and Lancôme So that was kind of my first introduction into more skincare-based brands, and I worked there for a little while and realized that actually no, I'm more into the makeup side of things. So I ended up going back working for Benefit in Brown Thomas in Galway, which is like the iconic department store in Ireland, and I worked at the Benefit counter for many years. But my heart was always set on working for Mac. It's just like it is the artistry makeup brand and. I was I would always just look over at the girls working on the counter like oh my god look at them they're so glamorous they're so amazing like so creative like it's it, it's the pinnacle and um I I actually interviewed for them a few times and didn't get the job and then um eventually a full-time position came up and I I begged I begged I was like guys I'm after applying like this is my fourth time applying for a job please 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 give me a chance cool. and they did and uh, yeah so I started working for them and that was That was, yeah, that was a seriously like proud moment in my, my career thus far. It was, it was every bit as exciting as I thought it would be. And then it stopped being exciting after a couple of years when I realized actually I'm just working in a shop. (laughs) And then I moved to Australia. And when we first moved to Australia, I had actually intended on doing a total career 360. I was like, I'm just really tired of working in retail. Um, It's pretty, it's hard work like on your feet all day and dealing with customers and, you know, a public facing job like that is quite exhausting. So I had intended on getting an office job when I came out here and then, uh, I, the harsh reality was I had no experience working in an office. So I ended up working for Napoleon Ferdas in, uh, David Jones. Uh, I was the counter manager in the Elizabeth street store. So kind of back, back to retail uh, makeup artistry. And I worked there for about a year. And that's about the time that my YouTube channel started to take off. So I was lucky enough that my husband's work was kind of steady enough and consistent and he was earning enough that we could actually take a risk on me quitting my job and start doing YouTube full time or at least try and do YouTube full time and, and see where it went.
1: Because you started your YouTube channel in 2010. I yeah, that sounds was. about right. Yeah. Do you have a blog before that or was YouTube the first kind of YouTube was the first yeah yeah and I mean now I mean the stats are incredible you've had over 35 million views on your videos you know you've got over 360,000 subscribers is it crazy to think back to when you started and see how far you've come yes yes and no I guess
0: because I've had it for so long like eight years nearly nine years now the growth has been very like steady there's never been like a, oh my God, I just got 100,000 subscribers in the last week. Like it's always been very steady and consistent. So for me, looking at the numbers, it's just been like just kind of plodding along. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I feel like I think I have over 500 videos up as well. So like it's been, yeah, it's it's a lot of work. It is, it's still incredible to me. Like I, I think I I definitely disassociate from the numbers. Like I can't quite wrap my head around how many people that is and you know my husband has said it to me like how many like football stadiums that could fill and I think like, no 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 that's like I don't want to think about it like that that's crazy so that yeah it is it is kind of crazy but I guess the growth has been so steady that it's not I don't know it's it's not so shocking
1: yeah, and I think that's an important point that obviously you've been doing this for a long time. Mm. And like you said, I wanted to find your first video and I had to scroll a long way to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my first ever video is actually private. So oh. I'm not sure you would have found the very first well, one. one of the first. And it was interesting because there was a lot of recreation of like catwalk looks, which was interesting.
0: Yes, yeah. It was a very different place, YouTube, back then. And I guess that was probably coming from my background as... Um, a makeup artist working for Mac where so much of their their like brand aesthetic was copying what's on the runway and because they did they do the makeup for a lot of the runway shows so that that was filtered down to us working in the stores and we would translate that those trends to our customers so that was always very much my love and my kind of passion in makeup so that's what I wanted to do on YouTube. And it's so crazy like when I, when I look back in those early videos, like the type of content that did well then versus what does well now like it's it's just a totally different landscape
1: It's very interesting. I will be asking you more about that in a <laughs> bit. <laughs> what do you think the biggest misconception about what you do is? Probably that it's not hard
0: work and it's easy <laughs> I, I always am hesitant answer this question like like this because it makes me sound like oh my god my life is so hard my job is so hard and nobody understands the struggle but genuinely it is it's a lot of work and there's a a lot of behind the scenes that goes on so like even in just producing a simple makeup tutorial it can take two days to do just a very run-of-the-mill like straightforward makeup tutorial and then if you start adding in like graphics and titles and like you know a little transitions and like if you jazz your video up a bit that can add like another two days so suddenly all of a sudden a a video is taking a week to produce and there are youtubers out there producing five videos a week and I I just don't know how that's possible (laughs) unless you have a big team behind you which I don't and also I I feel like um, a lot of people on YouTube and a lot of creators don't like to show behind the scenes I think that's kind of changing now but up until very recently it's been it's very much like You just see the tip of the iceberg, and it's just like, look at my glossy life, and look at this amazing content I'm making, and oh, I'm just a your average girl next door, switching on my webcam and being very candid with you. And it's not like that at all. It's so produced.
1: Why do you think that is? Is it because of, I suppose, what an average day is like? Is that there are these exciting opportunities, you go to events and you do these Mm. things, but much of it is spent on laptop editing. Is that why you think people are reluctant? Or have been less reluctant to show the behind the scenes
0: yeah I don't really know to be honest it could be it could be an element of yeah it's not people don't think it's interesting it's certainly not very glamorous and not very sexy and doesn't really align with maybe the brand they're trying to portray and then also there's the other side where you don't want people to feel alienated by the glamorous side of your life like going to all these events and maybe going on overseas trips with brands and stuff like that like
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I wish I could answer that. The second product on your list is one of the first beauty products that you remember purchasing, Mm. which was the number 17 frosted white lipstick, which I have to know more about, (laughs) and blue mascara. Can you tell me a bit more about those two?
0: (laughs) Well, okay. Well, I'm a child of, well, I, I was born in the 80s, but my, my, um, beauty aesthetic is definitely firmly grounded in the 90s so <laughs> I I was not allowed to wear makeup at all when I was small I guess because my mum didn't wear makeup it just wasn't really I don't know it wasn't the done thing in our house so I was part of a youth choir when I was in primary school and we went on a trip to Wales it was the most exciting thing I'd ever done it was with like minimal adult supervision like obviously my parents didn't go and we were pretty much given free reign I think we were like 11 or 12 years old at the time like I think back my like, god it's actually crazy and um we were let to go on a couple of hours of a shopping trip during during the trip at one point and the first thing I did was make a beeline to boots and I was like I've got like 20 euro or 20 pounds I am just gonna buy makeup and it's gonna be amazing and I remember specifically buying this white frosted lipstick it was literally like I don't know is that, Ugliest thing, you know, that like frosty finish that if you've got any kind of dryness on your lips, it just exaggerates yeah, it just and just sucked in totally Ugh, gross and kind of made you look like an alien. But that I think that was like that was the attraction of it. It was, that, ugh, it was so hideous. I actually think it may have been slightly holographic, too, where it like it may have been like slightly purple in different lights, anyway. And yes, yeah, so a blue mascara because blue mascara is obviously the most fun, amazing thing in the whole world. And I remember having to hide it when I got home. I was so terrified. Like it was contraband in my house. I actually put them into a sock, roll them up in the sock and then push the sock into a ball of wool.
1: <laughs> and then you really it. thought this through. Thank oh
0: God, I was so terrified of my... Pr- like it's just a bloody lipstick, but I was petrified. My mother would find it and just like crucify me. Didn't happen, and I think actually I lost it. (laughs) I had done such a good job of hiding it, I lost it, and then totally forgot about it. And then when I was moving out at the age of eighteen, I found it again. I was like, "Oh yeah,
1: remember this? God, thank God I didn't find that again." (laughs) Frosted lipstick hasn't quite made a comeback since then properly, but blue mascara has. And I'm curious about Mm. whether, like, could you or would you wear it again, or is it kind of family tied to that that time? Time? No, I totally would wear it again. Yeah. I think it's it's really
0: fun and I think it's different now like every time a trend comes back around it's always a, a different iteration it's never exactly the same thing so the blue it's like it's more of an inky darker blue that's actually flattering on your eye as opposed to neon like bright cobalt blue which just looks weird um so no I'm, I'm totally happy to revisit
1: trends that I experimented with in my youth and before we do leave your teenage years behind, the third product on your list is a perfume that defined your mm. teenage years, which um, interestingly is from Benefit. Yes. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, maybe
0: baby perfume. I think this defines my, my late teens and early 20s because I worked on the Benefit counter for so long. And part of the whole Benefit experience was to create a a bubble for the customer so the first thing you would do when a customer sat down is spritz this perfume so every day I came home with about a gallon of this perfume on me every single item of clothing smelled like this perfume my house smelled like it my boyfriend smelled like it like everything reeked and actually I didn't hate it and I still don't hate it and they they uh, discontinued it but brought it back since and I remember when it came back in store I went in and smelled it and it was exactly the same and it is just such a strong memory I guess because I smelled it every day multiple times a day for for many years and um yeah wow it just there really is nothing like fragrance to bring you back to a time and a
1: place. You mentioned your then boyfriend, now husband, Paul, who was also featured in your videos over the years, obviously, as you've kind of charted your life. How did you two meet? We met outside a nightclub
0: in Limerick. Very, very, um, yeah, romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Uh, Costolo's nightclub, which is like a favorite haunt of the the artsy crowd in Limerick. And I think it was like four o'clock in the morning after the nightclub had closed. Everyone had spilled out onto the streets. kind of waiting to grab a taxi home and I was chatting. I had lost all of my friends, so I was chatting with a bunch of random people. So dangerous now that
1: (laughs) I think about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just chatting with a bunch of random people, having the time of my life. You know, one of those nights where you're just like, you're having a great time, you're telling great stories and you're just like, yeah, this vibe is really good. And next thing, Paul just appears out of nowhere. And yeah, we start chatting and yeah, we kind of, I gave him my phone number. And he tried to call me a few times in the, the couple of weeks after that, and I I would refuse to answer the phone. Or um, he called me off of a, a private number at one point to trick me into answering, and I answered, and he was like, "Hey, it's Paul." Like, <laughs> you're breaking your curl. You? And he was, bless him, he was like, "Oh yeah, coverage is really bad in the kitchen. Hang on, let me move." <laughs> he just didn't get the hint at all. And eventually, he stopped calling. But I went back to Costello's nightclub a few weeks later, and he was there. And I couldn't avoid him. He spotted me. I spotted him. It was like, oh, hey, sorry. I've totally been avoiding you. (laughs) And he was totally cool about it. He was like, yeah, that's fine. But do you want to go on a date with me? (laughs) And we went out for dinner that week. And that was it. I knew straight away when we went for dinner. I was like, yep, this is the guy for me. God damn it. (laughs) You always hear that. Did you actually feel like there was something that completely? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I knew straight away. And he says the same thing. We're very, very lucky. I don't know what it was about him. He was just... Yeah, we just totally clicked. We're total opposites, but we just, yeah,
1: Worked. from day one. Yeah, yeah. And you've obviously had a few major life events that have kind of been charted on your YouTube channel most recently, your baby Roisin, yeah. gorgeous Roisin. You've kind of gone from your first videos, which was pure makeup, to mm. now I think the scene has changed where it's also more lifestyle, you're sharing aspects mm. of your life with your followers. Is there any aspect that you wouldn't share or that you're conscious about not sharing too much yes um it's such a fine
0: line to to balance on and that's actually something I have struggled with in the past oversharing and then like regretting sharing too much but certainly with Roisin I am hesitant to share too much of her it's it's really hard because I love her so much and obviously all I want to do is like go look at my beautiful baby she's amazing everybody like tell her how amazing she is (laughs) but you know I, I want to be respectful of her privacy too so I, I, I'm I trying to incorporate some aspects of my life as a new mother onto my YouTube channel but at the same time maintaining privacy for Roisin so that's something I'm still kind of grappling with and I think that'll be um, something I figure out as I go but yeah I, I do want to keep her safe protected from it
1: The fourth product on your list, talking about the power of scent, is another perfume from Jo Malone, English pear and free gel. What does this remind you of? This is the fragrance I wore on my wedding day. I thought that might be the case. Yes,
0: yeah. (laughs) So it just, it brings back very, very happy memories. We got married in France. Wow. Yeah, it was fabulous. So we got married three years, nearly four years ago, actually, in France. And um, the fragrance is just, it's a very light, crisp, fresh fragrance and I had freezers in my bouquet as well so it it kind of all tied in together and um I wanted to specifically go out and buy a separate perfume for my wedding day so that I would have that association with it yeah it's just it's a it's a very happy
1: summery fragrance so your Instagram bio which obviously says so much about a person currently reads makeup artist and sleep deprived Mm mum which I think a lot of people We'll identify and share with you. And I wondered, since having Roisin, it's almost a redundant question asking someone who's just had a baby, how has your life changed? Because I don't think there's probably a more dramatic change. Yeah. But has it kind of changed your attitude to life or what you do at all, becoming a mum?
0: Oh, 100%. 100%, yeah. Um, I'm definitely more, I'm more comfortable in myself, which is a change I would not have expected, actually. I, I just feel a lot more confident and comfortable in myself and my decisions that I make about my life and listening to my intuition I don't know there's something about it's so cliched but there is something about like birthing a life into this world that makes you think you know what I can do bloody anything (laughs) and the human body is amazing and I am amazing and you know you you should trust in yourself a little bit more so I, I do feel a bit more empowered and also it's just given me a whole new perspective on life like what is actually important in life and that is my family love having lots of laughter in the house you know spending time with my baby it is not what people online think of me that is so not important to me at all and like looking at these horrible guru gossip sites and things like that it's just like that just doesn't even come into my universe
1: anymore it's like nope I have a beautiful little bubble and that's all that matters and I think one interesting thing as an outsider in terms of the personal investment that followers now have in your relationship in your life sorry is is that say if something happens in your life and you're for some reason you can't be making videos or you need to take a break is kind of there's sometimes that feeling that you have to explain why Mm -hmm. which I think would be really difficult because it's not like with a normal job you can just say for personal reasons I need to take some leave
0: yeah that's very true yeah you always have to justify your time off or and and you know I always try and remember that 99.99999% 99.99999% of people are totally fine with it and actually don't need the explanation because they're just like normal people that are just you know oh yeah I'll just check in and watch a video oh yeah there's a nice video it's that small percentage of people that are super invested that maybe might have issues with you taking time off or feel the need to be kept in the loop the whole time um, that make you feel a bit under pressure to always be producing content but yeah you do it's not like a normal job at all and that I guess that ties back into what people don't an aspect of the job that people don't understand is your what's the word yeah you just feel like you you're you owe it to them or people feel like you owe it to them to
1: to keep producing content um yeah I think in terms of another misconception might be, and it may be true for some people, that the industry is quite competitive as more people get into it. But what I love is that you seem to be friends with so many mm. fellow beauty YouTubers and influencers, mm. which is so nice to see that it's... A, and is it a supportive environment?
0: 100%. Oh, it's so supportive. It's, I've never met such a supportive group of women, actually. And, yeah, I think so, people might be surprised to hear that. But everybody I know, certainly in Sydney, in Australia... I can't speak to what it's like in other countries but here I guess because it's quite a small group and we get to see each other quite often like we go to a lot of the same events a lot of us might have the same management or it's just a small group and we're so supportive of each other um, if we ever have any issues or questions like we have whatsapp groups we're messaging each other or if somebody like Chloe Morella, for example has just launched a product with benefit and like we're so excited to, you know, share it with our audience and we'll always support each other with that kind of stuff. It, there's definitely no no competitiveness with us because I think we we're, we're all quite different as well. So we all bring something different and we all understand that we all have our own little niche and you know, we're not we're not each other's competition. The having more of us be successful in the industry is only going to grow the industry and kind of make the pie bigger for everybody. So it's a it's a really lovely group of women, actually. That's so lovely to hear. Yeah, yeah.
1: Do you think it's possible for someone to start now, or do you think kind of the industry has changed and the boat has kind of, you've kind of got to have already been on it? Mm. That's an interesting question. I, I don't. I no. I don't think it is too late.
0: Um, I think it would be more difficult for sure because. The level of production is so high, so you would definitely need to invest a lot. You've got to kind of come in with the skills at the top. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. So you need to have like the schmick video quality and, you know, and be a good presenter and all that kind of stuff uh, from the get go, really, because I was really lucky in that I came in at a time where everybody was crap. So we all got to kind of get good at it before it took off. Um, so that would be a big disadvantage. But I think now there are more opportunities in in doing lots of different things so whereas before it was really just youtube or a blog now you can be on instagram you can have a podcast you can have your blog and your youtube
1: channel and you know there are so many other platforms that you can use the fifth product on your list is the beauty product that gives you a confidence boost which is mac lady danger Mm. tell me about this one a bit more
0: yeah mac lady danger an orange red lipstick i just think you can't beat it for just a big whack of confidence on your face um it's yeah this would be one of the first lipsticks I would have gotten when I started working for MAC because it was it's just like an instant face of makeup you can literally not do your eyes not do your brows not do anything else and just put this lipstick on and you just feel and look amazing and um I don't know what it is about orange red in particular. Not even not a classic red, not a blue red, not a pink red. An orange red for me is just like it's so aggressive and so powerful. And the matte texture, you can feel it on your lips, which is unappealing, I think, for some people. But I actually love that that you know you're wearing it and you remember you're wearing it, and it just makes you feel, I don't know, like you smack your lips all day. You're like, yeah, I'm wearing <laughs> my orange lipstick. I I got
1: my my business face on today <laughs> I've actually been very late to the lady danger party I kind of buying my first one I think December last year but it's crazy I put it on bought it at the Mac at the Mac store put it on walked into Mecca got complimented by a girl at Mecca she was like I love your lipstick and I was like, thank you oh. and then had like the best day at work the next day and I was like something's happening with this mm, lipstick it's a little bit of magic that one you talk about diversifying It's not just YouTube anymore. It's different channels. It's also launching products and collaborations, which you have done a few of. But mm-hmm. the, I suppose, one of the biggest ones, which you, you have described as a passion project and life goal, which is your online makeup school. Yes. Can you tell me a bit more about what that is and your plans for that?
0: Yeah, that was oh, such a labor of love. Um, so the online makeup school is an online uh, makeup school. <laughs> In terms of SEO, that's like perfect. (laughs) Thank you. I bought the domain name about six years ago. Um, Yeah, I couldn't believe it when it was still available. I was like, I need to buy that now. Uh, It's been a, a dream of mine to have this online kind of learning institute for so long, for so, so long. And finally, last year, I actually decided to do it, to properly do it. I think there's something about being pregnant that makes you like finish stuff You're like crap. Like, if I don't do this now, like, I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to do it. So I think doing YouTube tutorials and also having worked on counter for so long, actually dealing with real life women and teaching normal women how to do their makeup. I understand that there is kind of maybe a level of knowledge that a lot of YouTube tutorials assume that a lot of consumers have so you know you start off by talking about when you're doing your contour make sure you hit like the high points of your face with you know know what I mean and a lot of women actually have no idea what you're talking about certainly a lot of my friends that don't watch YouTube tutorials at all like have no idea about this world and still go into the department store as like totally clueless and at the mercy of the salesperson I know that sounds really negative but I used to be one so I know So I wanted an online course that is just for normal women to learn how to do their own makeup. It's not, it's not a professional makeup artist course, but it literally takes you from the absolute beginning. Like it explains what, An eyeshadow brush is and how to hold it and how to blend your eyeshadow or how like what is contour. It takes you from the very foundations of everything and builds on that knowledge with every lesson, and it's all laid out in order so you don't have to go trawling through anything. So it's just like a really easy to follow course. And I yeah, I've been planning to do it for so so long, and finally it's finished and it's up and I've been testing it I I have a group of amazing women um who have been doing the course and testing it for me and giving me feedback and the feedback has been amazing so far and it's just yeah it's amazing to actually finish something and I think it's so important um to diversify and to have different things and it, it was really great for me to do something other than YouTube for a while and it kind of it informed my YouTube channel for a while there as well. It was like, Oh, I totally didn't even think of making this kind of a video before, but I think that would actually work really well on my YouTube channel. So yeah, it's, it's been a really interesting uh, time putting it all together.
1: And I think that's one of the things that I love most about your content as well, particularly is there's a difference between if you have a love of makeup and you're really great at doing makeup on yourself. And as you said, kind of having that background of working in store as a makeup artist in terms of the skills and applying to different skin types, different ages and, mm. and all those things. Mm-hmm. Do you think that also informs the way that you review products? Because you are conscious about, I'm not just reviewing how it works for me. I'm reviewing mm. about all the different, like I, I love all your foundation reviews because they're mm. so, like you, you really do, like if it says it's going to, it stays for 12 hours, you'll check <laughs> in and you'll wear it for 12 <laughs> hours and kind of keep yeah keep it really well informed. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I like to... test test those claims (laughs) there's a lot of claims made in the beauty industry yeah I think so I I, well I certainly like to think that that's how I approach reviewing products my audience is quite diverse on YouTube and they certainly don't let me get away with anything so if I miss something or if I don't cover an angle they will let me know in the comments so again it's it's kind of a learning process as well So, so my first foundation reviews would not have been quite as as they are now but that's just because I've I listened to the feedback and people say you know you should really try um, showing it to us in natural light or I wish you would try with a primer or without a primer you know they want it to be as scientific as possible and like remove all the variables and I would never have thought to do that but it's it's through my audience telling me so they they help me to make my content better really.
1: And do you still read all your comments on YouTube and Instagram? I tend to read my
0: comments for the first, like, four or five days, and then I stop reading them. Yeah. Because
1: what it happens... It a full-time job in itself. It's, if you.
0: Oh, it's massive. It's absolutely massive. But what happens is, with the YouTube algorithm, a lot of the time it's my subscribers that see it in the first four or five days, so it's my subscribers that are commenting. And then after that if it continues to kind of grow and get views, it's just random people that find the video. And so the comments just get more and more random and more and more abusive. And I'm just, I don't have time or energy in my life for that. So I just don't, I don't read them. And if somebody asks me a legitimate question on my video, I'm really sorry, but um, you're going to have to ask it on the next one.
1: (laughs) I was also intrigued about the demographic of your audience because there are some YouTubers that the audience tends to skew quite young. And Mm -hmm. you said your audience is quite diverse. Do you... Mm. What kind of people are watching your videos?
0: So my audience is definitely on the older side for a YouTube audience. Um, They're they're my age. So I think because they a lot of them started watching me eight years ago and a lot of them have stuck with me, which is wonderful. So I have a lot of women who are my age and at my stage of life. So, you know, starting families of their own, which I think is quite unusual for a beauty channel on YouTube. As you said, it is usually a, a much younger audience. Um, and they're all over the world. It's really interesting. Sometimes it's, it's, it's so funny when you look at the analytics. Like, I had a video that went bonkers in India, like a few months ago. It's like, why? Why? What? What was it about that video? Yeah, and I have a twenty percent male audience.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Isn't this like quite a lot? Like yeah. It's a significant amount, isn't it?
0: Isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. It's a strange one. Again, though, that could have been like one video went bonkers with a male audience because there was some keyword in there that maybe men were searching <laughs> for. I don't know. So it's a funny, you have to kind of read between the lines with your, your analytics. You can't just take it at face value,
1: but yeah, it's very interesting. The sixth product on your list is your greatest discovery, which I'm very curious about. Stridex pads. What yes. are they and what do you use them for? What do they do? <laughs> so Stridex pads are the, this like
0: hideous bog standard skincare product it's like um like clearasil or something like that it's they're a salicylic acid pad so it's two percent salicylic acid and they're um just this like really cheap drugstore skincare item that I use whenever I get a breakout and I am so prone to breakouts I've got really oily skin and I've always suffered with acne and anytime I get a breakout I just start using these um once a day and they just clear it up and actually, when I consistently use them, I don't get breakouts. So I probably should just consistently use them. But I have so much skincare to try that it's hard to incorporate everything I love in my routine. But these are just, they're just a lifesaver, an absolute life- lifesaver. And where do you, you just get them from? And you can't buy them in the pharmacy here. It's really annoying. You have to buy them online. the kind. Yeah. Now, I get them from a website called iHerb. Dot com and they're amazing it's like six dollars or something and they ship within a few days so I usually buy about ten at a time <laughs> and I have a stock
1: Are you excited about the beauty industry as it is in terms of like innovation and, and products that are coming out
0: I am actually i tell you i don't know if it's just getting older or if it's actually that the industry is changing this way, but I am so excited by skincare these days i used to i used to think skincare was the most boring just like aspect of the beauty industry and it was all about makeup but now I've totally changed and I think that the brands and the products that are available now in skincare are so much more exciting to me than makeup I think also because I don't wear as much makeup so I like my skin to look great without makeup on um but like brands like The Ordinary or Drunk Elephant or you know brands that are coming out with really interesting very targeted skincare that's very um like clinical or what's the word Cos- cosmeceuticals uh, that have active ingredients that I love all that like I love reading about like acids and peptides and like all of these crazy different things that they're coming out with and why they work and how they
1: work and yeah that's that's a really exciting part of the industry for me right now. And it's also interesting seeing like skin, how skincare in terms of coverage on Instagram and YouTube has grown as well, Mm. obviously reflecting that kind of vested interest and people more wanting to understand the ingredients that they're putting on their face as well. Definitely. Yeah. People are a lot more informed. I wanted to talk to you about your hair as well, because as I was scrolling through (laughs) the videos, I noticed that there's been a few different colors going on. (laughs) I think you recently, I can't remember when, but you posted a throwback of your hair when it was like bright teal. Yes. As well. Yes. Do you enjoy experiment? Well, did you enjoy or do you enjoy experimenting with your hair colour? And
0: I did. I did. I don't so much anymore now um, because low maintenance is the key for me now but I used to love I have literally been every color of the rainbow teal probably was one of my favorites though It was funny a lot of people said it looks like you naturally have teal color hair like it suited my coloring so much so much fun so high maintenance though but yeah I've been I've just been every color of the rainbow and the funny thing is people again on YouTube get so invested like when I was a redhead people would message me to say it's so lovely to see a redhead on YouTube. I'm a redhead. And you don't really see that many. You know it's all blondes or brunettes. And then I went blonde. Okay. <laughs> People were like why aren't you red anymore? <laughs> every every time I change my hair I always get. I preferred it the way it was before. Like my fringe. Oh my god. So I, I recently cut in a fringe. And I have gotten multiple comments on my most recent videos. To say how annoying my fringe is. And they don't like. It's like. It's in your eyes. I can't even watch this video. I had to click out. I am like, oh my God, guys, give me a break. <laughs> like, But right now my hair is definitely more on a low maintenance kind of balayage situation because I only get to see my hairdresser probably once every six months at the moment. <laughs> so I'm not sure why I cut in a fringe, actually. That was a terrible idea. I was going to say, how are you enjoying the fringe? Because that is always like a big decision. Uh, it's a big decision. I think it was a post-baby crisis decision, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, I need to do something and I didn't want to cut all my hair off so this was kind of the next big thing yeah I'm enjoying it I am enjoying it I've got a curtain fringe which is I think one of the more low maintenance fringe options but yeah it's summer here as well it's like 40 degrees like that probably not the wisest decision <laughs> with my oily skin but um yeah I, I have to figure out how to trim it myself because yeah this,
1: it's already grown out <laughs> The seventh product on your list is the one that you trust with your life, which is has been a really popular one on Beauty Island, actually, which is the Lanolips 101 Ointment. Mm. It really seems to be a universal, beloved product. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it mentioned
0: a couple of times in ever episodes I've listened to. Yeah, it's just a great product. It's just one of those, just everything products. So I use it as a lip balm. Um, if I ever get chapped skin, like if I have a head cold, I use it on my nose, cuticles, and I actually used it as a nipple balm when I started breastfeeding rotine and it was great Um, because it's it's like there's no scent or fragrance or anything like that so it's perfectly safe to use with a baby and it's just great I have one everywhere like and when I fly I actually get anxiety if I forget it if it's not in my my little in-flight
1: skincare bag has there been anyone in particular who you feel has really shaped who you are either personally or professionally
0: it's so cheesy but probably my husband. (laughs)
1: it's not cheesy that's allowed <laughs> it kind of is though I
0: hope he doesn't listen to this <laughs> he's um, I guess because we met each other I was only 19 when we met each other so we have grown up together and I actually when I look back at the person I was when he met me I have no idea why he wanted to go out with me <laughs> I was a horrible person um, he's he's a very chill very measured he's an engineer so he's very like logical and methodical and he thinks about everything very carefully before he makes a decision and he's very calm I am the complete opposite like I'm just like yeah let's do it I'm not gonna do any research into anything I'm just gonna jump in and do this thing and screw the consequences and so he's been an amazing calming influence on my life and has kind of taught me patience and to work hard and to finish things and to see things through like I definitely would not have finished the online makeup school without his kind of encouragement and his like you know you just gotta if you do a little bit more today then that's you know a little bit more ticked off your to-do list and you're that little bit closer to finishing and so yeah without a doubt he's been the biggest influence on my life so far
1: and what is the achievement you're most proud of in your life and that doesn't have to be professionally it can be anything Mm. Well, I suppose my
0: baby, I have to say that right <laughs> <laughs> aside from my beautiful baby, yeah, probably finishing the online makeup school actually the just to to actually finish it um it was a lot of work to get it done so to to have all of the content finished that was that was quite a proud moment for me um also last year i won I won my first award i I won vlogger of the year at the MAGAP award, so it's the makeup artist guild of. Um, Australia Pacific and that yeah that was an amazing uh, night for me I I won it and I kind of I didn't really think too much about it and then I went to the award ceremony and I saw like all of the other makeup artists winning awards and I was like oh my god there's Rachel Montgomery oh my god there's Sarah Laidlaw like all of these top of their game makeup artists and to be recognised amongst them was was quite an amazing achievement for me. Yeah, that was a very proud moment, I must say.
1: The final product on your list is the one that you always repurchase, which is the Chlorane Dry Shampoo. Mm. And I loved seeing a dry shampoo on your list because I feel like there are, there are two types of people in the world. There are the people that kind of wash their hair every day and that's kind of the priority. And then there are people who get away with as much as they can by using dry shampoo. Mm-hmm. And I think you can guess which camp I fall in. Love. Oh, me too, sister. <laughs> oh man, dry shampoo is just the best invention. Actually,
0: I probably could have answered a lot of the questions uh, <laughs> with dry shampoo. It is my lifesaver. And chlorine—the chlorine, chlorine one—is the one I keep coming back to because it doesn't irritate my scalp a lot of them I have found to be quite drying and and irritating on my scalp and kind of give me dermatitis but chlorine is fantastic and it's relatively inexpensive I can buy it at Kohl's and it just does the job like oh my god it gives me like an extra two days when I wash my hair I hate washing my hair and especially now with the fringe like I have to apply dry shampoo multiple times a day just in the fringe and not only does it make your hair clean but it gives it like the texture and a bit of volume makes it easier to style it holds the style better it's just it's the best product I love it so much
1: what are you most excited for in the year ahead in 2019?
0: well I have a whole load of projects kind of bubbling away I I love to be busy and, and doing different things and I think actually taking time off after I had my baby like I took a good six months off where I didn't do anything taking that time off has given me the space to think about what I want to do because I think making content for YouTube because you do have to upload so often it's very difficult to plan and strategize. You're too busy like working in the now and trying to get like this week's videos up so you just you don't have time to think about how you're going to grow or evolve. So having that time off has has really given me an amazing space so I'm so excited for the online makeup school to officially launch. Officially launch. And I have a couple of podcasts Woo. in the works, yeah. Such a of podcast. So I'm so I it's just such a great medium. I love it.
1: Of the eight products that you've spoken about today, if you had to pick just one to keep you company on Beauty Island, so I'm sending you with a bucket load of sunscreen, survival kit, I'm not leaving you to fend for yourself, mm-hmm. but you can pick one product from your list it will keep you company to remind you of the memories or, or to use on the island which one would you pick
0: i'd probably pick the fragrance the um the Jo malone fragrance yeah just to so i could escape back to my wedding day in france yeah
1: lovely yeah thank you sharon so much for talking to me for beauty island it has been a absolute pleasure oh thank you so much for having me for listening to this episode of beauty island liked the sound of any products that sharon mentioned from her list head to the show notes of this episode just look for depending on where you're listening just look for the button with view details or more information or kind of three dots and you'll find all the names and links to find them and also where you can follow and watch sharon since we spoke the online makeup school has properly launched offering clara easy to understand and follow tutorials across a range of subjects for a super affordable price i think you can do some modules from twenty dollars and the most comprehensive course is less than two hundred dollars which is lifetime access and loads of other resources and one of the teachers for the skincare module is actually another former beauty island guest michelle wong now this is not sponsored or i haven't been asked to spruit this but i think it's such a good and valuable resource and I think there's also a discount available at the moment too. And I'm a massive fan of, <laughs> of a budget and a bargain. So it is worth checking out if that sounds intriguing to you. And again, the link is in the show notes. Also, I say it every week, but it really means the world to me when you rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one, take all the feedback on board and save the lovely compliments that you leave for those rainy days when you need a reminder of why you do what you do. So if you've got a few seconds, that would literally make my day. And if you want to chat all things beauty, you can find me on Instagram at Beauty Island Podcast. Thank you, and until next time, bye bye.